boys saying, oh, we don't want to get married. And Edna is like, why? why? And it's because in the movies, every time anyone got married, they would start wearing the big ashwa. The, the ashwa big, be like akaba. The, the, akaba, <laughs> the big dresses, tank scarves. Welcome to African Teapot Podcast. My name is Exi. And my name is Lini. Join us as we journey through Africa's vast variety of culture and heritage. We explore issues most African families face both home and abroad. Make sure to like, share, and follow this podcast. Join the conversation on social media and let your voice be heard. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the African Tipo Podcast. As you heard, the title of this episode is African Cinema. I am one half of your co-host, I'm Lini, and there is... A ghost. Oh, sorry. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> Exy, of course, and yes. No, I'm excited about the jingle. The, the, little, the little sound you heard. Yeah, I don't know what you guys think, but I thought you're African that sound was so appropriate. Or... And if you're African, you understand. When that sound is played, the credits are running at the bottom. And then for some reason, you understand this is not going to be like a city setting. Mm-mm. That sound is always Mm-mm. like, it means it's going to be like villagey, like you're going to have like a countryside kind of setting. And then the next the thing you see is someone sweeping the room <laughs> in front of her or coming back, house. Or walking in the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like we said, Welcome, guys. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. And happy new month. Yes. And we are excited because we have um, some fun announcements and things coming up on African Teapot. Yay. Yay. Can't wait to share. Um, thank you again for our new subscribers. We had 70 new subscribers last month for our last episode on Spotify. Yay! Thank you guys so much for uh, subscribing. I'm seeing some of you rating the podcast. Podcast. I can't speak, guys. I'm so excited I can't speak. It's okay. It's African cinema. <laughs> but thank you so much for subscribing, following, listening, and sharing. And please continue to do. We beg you guys. We want to grow. Let's push. Let's put more effort into this thing and rock this family. T-Portions. Okay, guys. <laughs> and let us dig into it. Okay, so what is African cinema? When we say African cinema, what are we talking about, Lini? Can you please educate us on what African cinema is? Okay. I know what to say. It's the sound we just heard. <laughs> Actually, I was legit about to say that. I'm like, when I think about African cinema, right? Like, the songs are epic. Like, it's always like the song is matching the movie. Yes. It's, and then, you remember the movie we watched about the tailor? It was like... <laughs> They were talking about Teloe, Teloe, and I'm just like, <laughs> or, guys, really? Okay, be, okay, we are getting excited. Okay, put jokes uh, aside. Put jo- no, the, not the jokes aside, but just to put context to what you're saying. Africans, before we could even record things on screen, African folk telling, storytelling is mm-hmm. always accompanied with music. That means if there is no drama around to drum, your grandma telling you the story will sing. Mm-mm. while telling you the story like you know and you know sometimes they would even tell you to clap while they're telling stories and everything that is what cinema is and then it's... they would always start the story by saying story story you remember mm-hmm. story. i would say story even when we were like in nursery school which is kindergarten that was how it was always introduced and so music um 
proverbs is another one yeah. that they always incorporated into um, telling stories and passing out, especially warnings and you know, like when they want to educate you, give you a like give you foresight. When your grandparents or parents want to give you foresight, they always use proverbs. But that has always been like how Africans tell their stories, and I think it, even how we just you know walked into straight into this episode being a little extra africans are always extra oh we're always and always and so pretty much that's african cinema so on or not just african cinema cinema in general is telling a story and using you're using visuals you're using sounds like you're using everything to tell your story exactly and that's what african cinema is the sound like there's like there's culture there's so much embodied into african cinema but then we'll come to the point where we'll talk about the culture and everything shown in the African cinema. True. So, riding right along. Linia, I always like, you know me, I always like to reverse. If you guys know me, and then we are talking again about cinema, African cinema, which involves history taking and all of that stuff. So, just let's reverse a little bit to the back, <laughs> right? During the colonial era in Africa, that means when we're going through this scramble acquisition and everything, right? Yeah. If you look at how Africa was presented to the rest of the world, my sister, it was always in the negative light. Mm-hmm. Am I saying the truth? Nope. I'm telling you. Oh, are you saying the truth? Yep. <laughs> Did I say no? We are failing here at this <laughs> attempt of telling the story like it's a movie or this episode. Oh my goodness. But in general, when um, I'm saying this with air quotes, when um, the African stories were always told from the white perspective, and when um, these stories were shared and told in the world, we are always savages, we are primitive, it's the dark continent, we are uneducated, we are unenlightened, uh, right? We are mm. stupid, uh, we are uh, um, like mad with disease, we don't have roads. You guys know what I'm talking about. It was just dark. Like, we are just, we were just, we didn't even know, we didn't even know ourselves. You understand? They had, we, they had to change our languages, teach us how to dress. All of these things. And that's what was uh, depicted in their cinemas, in their black and white pictures, Mm -hmm. in their photographs. When they go to museums or they go for expeditions and they come back. That's how they show us, oh, we saw these exotic people. I mean, you have stories of Africans that were in cages in the zoos, right? Because we were even our proportions of our bodies were seen as abnormal or, you know, they were being criticized. Um, So that's how... Africa existed during the colonial era. So at a little bit, we had already said how before colonization, we told our stories, right? Through yeah. the folk and everything. So now when colonization came, that was how now our stories were being presented to the rest of the world. We weren't telling our stories. We weren't allowed to tell our stories. And somebody else was telling our stories to benefit their narratives, right? Because, I mean, to colonize salvages was doing the world a favor. So that was the narrative that was out there. And... When we leave from there and then we start thinking of Africans, when we now became, um, I don't want to use the word educated, but it's like when we started, when we chose to start retelling our stories, right? Presenting ourselves in, on the, in the big screens or on the big screens, then came different directors, older directors, came theater, right? Um, and our form of theater is not like you go and it's like a play written by one person. It's always a group of people, always telling a, a group of people, always telling a story that has passed from generation to generation. So all of that started and it's kind of like African cinema was decolonized and there was a rebirth mm-hmm. for African cinema. I don't want to bore you too much with <laughs> too much history, 
but in general, that's it. And they do just some little facts to Bajush, the, the history of African, of African cinema. So the first thing I would like to put in there is that Africans, you know, Africa is a continent and it's made up of approximately 50 independent countries. And these 50 independent countries have different audiovisual traditions, right? So Senegal has its own culture that is different from Cameroon. Cameroon has a culture that is different from Nigeria. And so, so you don't have like African film, like you just have one, like you have no, you like you have Bollywood. Or you have Hollywood. Exactly. That it's not a country too. It's not a country. So it doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't encompass. So Nigeria will have Nollywood. Ghana will have Gollywood. Or you, you understand? So it's kind of like that. So each country represents their culture and history because each country is just different from others. So 50 countries have 50 different ways of presenting their stories, right? They add similarities, but they have different ways in presenting their stories and different stories that they want to tell. Even though we're all colonized, we were colonized by different people in different ways. So we tell our stories in different styles and the languages are different. So when we talk of African cinema, it's vast and it's a huge variety. I just think that's a, that's a fact that people should kind of know. And another thing is Tunisia and Egypt uh, and Egyptian cinemas are amongst the oldest cinemas in the world. Right. I know that is shocking. But yeah. you can go check this out. It is some of the oldest cinemas in the world. And people, because of the pyramids and stuff, it was always a fascination for people to go there. So there were a lot of shots. You know, even thinking of Hollywood, old Hollywood, the golden era, Ella Cleopatra, those movies were all, sh you know, those movies were shot in Africa, Northern Africa, which is Africa, guys. I know. It you is. You need to know regardless that. Regardless <laughs> of the way it looks. Yeah, so I think that's a fun fact. And there was some amazing stuff that Lini stumbled on, right? Some amazing stuff uh, about Senegal. Yes, ma'am. Let me pull it up for you. Because we be doing facts. And without my facts, I don't want to get it wrong, y'all. Exactly. I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> so this is actually what we found. That uh, I was trying to go f way back. Like, how, like, African cinema, where did this all start? And there was actually a movie in the 1950. So, um, the article, the article says the film that really marked the beginning of African cinema was Borom Saret. Don't know if I'm saying it wrong. I apologize, but it was made in 1963 by a Senegalese director called Sambene Usman. Mm -hmm. Guys, it will be done in the show notes, <laughs> show notes. in case I butchered it. I am, I am sorry. I am completely sorry. And it was with his documentaries song of Kathum. apparently it was about a movie of um of a car driver that was subjected to the rules and regulations of the new regime when they talk about that now you see why it's going back to the 1950s so he really brought african cinema to the forefront it was something that was current going on people could speak to it that's the thing about african cinemas you can talk to it i can watch whatever movie the whole day american movies the whole day or everything once I play that African movie, like something just makes sense. No one, you're just washing clothes with a big bar of soap. Like you understand, like, you it's know, very like, relatable. It's yeah. so relatable, and sometimes when you miss home, it's just like not not all of it. Edna, myself, are fun of watching these movies, and we're going back and forth about it. Like, so why do you guys do it? If you guys argue about it, I'm like, cause it's fun. And we argue about it because we're relating to the material. Exactly. When you really, when it's kind of like when. Uh, when you're in a classroom and the teacher says any questions and you have zero questions, they're 
the you first thing it? you need to think about is that probably nobody understood what you said. <laughs> That's why nobody has questions. So sometimes when we watch the movie, we are like, oh, maybe you guys disagreed, but we are thinking that's because we have opinions based off of what we read and because we are relating to it because it's representing our childhood it's representing what we saw growing up back in cameroon right yeah so and then oh sorry so that's good that I, that happened no go ahead I feel, it, I feel like you I had the floor i feel, i know and she took it away from me but i was looking online and i'm like there's netflix there's hulu like there's all these places where you actually stream um african, african movies. movies and so i was like Let's talk about some some of them doing us justice and bringing African cinema to the forefront. Right. Obviously, Netflix. There has been Netflix gave one African movie and there's been a huge boom. They have movies on there from all over Africa, South Africa, East Africa, West Africa, North right. Central. And and I also love the fact that before when they started it, it's like they didn't want to put the movies there in the native. Let me not say native, but in the original languages that these movies were acted in it's almost like their movies have to be in english before they are on there on netflix but now you have movies that you literally have to click to translate it because it's totally on netflix and it's in it's in uh, a zulu or it's in Swahili. yoruba it's in you know Igbo. like it's completely in the language and unless you choose to translate it's there and you see it getting like acclaimed you get it you see it getting like uh uh, audience that is not native to that language. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you don't have to be able to tap into it, but yeah, like you can translate it because yeah. that's how we watched the, uh, uh, Jagun Jagun, right? The yeah. one that just came out exactly. on Netflix. We translated that over. Yeah. But guys, we get so carried away. Can you tell we love this topic? I'm in love with it. Back to, <laughs> so like we said, Netflix got a bunch of them on there. They're really good. Can translate subtitle. However, like the one that, one of them that inspired, our last episode, Dark October, still on Netflix. Still you guys Netflix. should watch that one. It's really good. It's good. And then there's and then there's Noliland. It's like it's like a movie platform. You have Nigerian movies on there, Ghanaian movies on there, and other African movies in general. There's Ndani TV. It's a web based channel. It takes you through Africa. So they're not just movies, but some of them are aimed at breaking stereotypes. Some of them do documentaries showing you places in africa they are meant at breaking the stereotype of what people think about it and i feel like it's gone a long way like people watch this movie and they're like this is in africa these buildings yes there is a building i'm sorry just to add to that guys the national geographic channel doesn't depict <laughs> like how think about the it africans live like people watch national geographic and come to me and it's like, is that happening here? But if you watch even what National Geographic says about America, it's not about the daily life, right? So what makes you think what it's saying about Africa is about daily life? You understand? It's this, there's a reason why it's geographic and it's a discovery channel. Like we need to put that in place. When we say documentaries, don't come telling me about how you learned about Africa through National Geographic channel. I just thought I should put that in there. Yeah. And so more is... Um Iroko TV, it's also movies. Oh, yeah. We have Afroland TV, which is specifically in an effort to dispel stereotypical beliefs of the African continent on mainstream television. Exactly. So it shows the beautiful places in Africa, interaction among black couples. There's also Ibaka TV, founded in 2011 by Ni in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. There's Kweli TV, it's um, dedicated to black issues and culture of the black community. 
there's conga tv for nollywood movies there's the big concept um, network sorry it talks about dramatic tales of love and seeks to expose the danger of having wrong mindset when faced with the life challenges so you can tell that it covers everything yeah and i'm excited people are covering everything like can you stop showing the lions and Rar, uh, <laughs> and the hyenas like there is a lot more to our story and there's a lot more that we go through in our communities that are similar to western countries but we just handle it differently from our cultural views right or our cultural beliefs and values so i think that's necessary and the last thing that i think is a fact that we wanted to also include is that nigeria is actually um Nigeria produces in terms of number, right? Yeah. They produce annually, they produce a lot of movies they do. in Africa. So they are the highest in Africa. Like Nollywood is big. It produces a lot of movies. And that's why you find even out of the, the uh, platforms that you, you read, a lot of them are Nigerian based, right? And in the world, I think it's surpassed due to the number of movies that it produces, guys, number that it produces. I think Nigeria is second right now in terms of that. Um, and I think that's something that people should know. And even in their country, Nigerian, like the entertainment industry movies, is almost 2% of their national income yearly that they bring in. So for the Nigerian movies, it's like a big, a lot of it, they, it provides a lot of employment to people there. So I think that's also something that we should think about. Let's not keep this too long and drag it. I'm excited to move on to the next segment, <laughs> right? expectations versus reality mm-hmm. or maybe we should do mm, societal impacts i think we should go there first societal because we kind of we kind of okay. started okay. with that already my blood pressure was really rising but calm down we're gonna do <laughs> societal so, impacts first let's do societal impacts i like when they say societal impacts i feel like african cinema helps to bring a lot of business to to the African continent as a whole. Mm, now, yeah. people see these things, they visit, like, they're like, there's more. We're not going to be locked with the lions. Oh, no. So, I feel like it brings right. money, like, it boosts. And even when the movies are being sold or brought, brought to Netflix, YouTube, or wherever it is, it's brought, brought into, like, it's feeding our community. We're getting out of... We're getting money out of it. We're getting exposure out of it. So, a social factor, we're being exposed we're actually being made popular by this right. you know like we're not just being made popular now by the lions the national geographic and malaria yeah <laughs> and ebola and ebola like there's more to it now there's more to it and to add i like the fact that you said it's like it socially impacts the society because i think even now movies i watch movies now nollywood movies and um, some documentaries, not documentaries, but series from South Africa and stuff. And I discover that now they talk about, um, they tackle issues like fertility issues. I see it on there. They tackle cancer awareness in there. Now they talk about having boy child, the X chromosomes. Like there are certain things because they, some tribes are big on only men inheriting, right? So when a woman doesn't have male children, she is... You know what I mean? She, it's like she, she didn't do her job, pretty much. And those movies now are trying to say, well, a woman only gives what a man gives her. Kind of, right? So you discover that socially, actually, they impact the society too by sensitizing the public. 
whether it's educating a girl child, right? Whether it's even uh, the female genital mutilation and things like that, breast ironing, all these issues are tackled. There are movies, like I watch movies now and I'm like, oh wow, were they actually talking about mental health issues? I've seen Nollywood movies talking, tackling mental health issues. Um, a lot more still to be done, but I Postpartum, think postpartum, de- uh, depression, depression, and things like that. And I'm like, wow, there is a lot to still do. But the fact that they're even mentioning it is helping because we realize in our communities, when it comes to mental issues, we we just don't, we don't handle it the same way the Western world does, right? We just don't. They handle issues like alcoholism and things. But I remember growing up, alcoholism. I didn't really think it was a disease or it's. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't take and it that I seriously. I think it's going to expectation versus reality. Okay. Anyways. So, I just think social issues, like you said, or social benefits, um, in as much as you, you kind of mixed it, it's like socioeconomic. You kind of mixed it like you have economic benefits to it, the, um, the employment it provides. At the same time, it sensitizes the, the local population. Mm-hmm. And then it opens us up to, you know what I mean? The uh, Western world, where people now can tap into our culture and re- like demystify it and our culture is not this thing that is a relic or something like that so i was just agreeing and adding to that before i'm too excited <laughs> but anyways yeah and um one other thing i also wanted to add is that i think that it also has political aspects to it i have seen movies that delve into like the movie from the director from senegal right one of yeah. the first movies and he was talking about the cab driver who had to follow the rules due to colonization and stuff. That is a political issue. It's a political and a social issue that was tackled in that movie. And we've seen situations, we've seen movies where it talks about um, colonization. It uh, tackles issue of like uh, tribal wars and conflicts, right? Whether it's the, let's say Hotel Rwanda, right? Mm-hmm. Um it was done here in a Western by Western actors, but the story is an African story and Hotel Rwanda goes into it and you can see the, see the political aspects and social aspects all tie in one movie. So I think all of these things go and even religious, our Nollywood movies always have a religious aspect to it. Somebody is evil and at the end of the day, they are exposed by Christianity or Islam or our native gods, right? Yep. Nollywood movies always has the bad guy. The gods have to come there and be, you know, take take upon to enact uh, vengeance on behalf of the innocent, or it's if it's Islam or is Christianity. So religious aspects also tie into it, and sometimes I think sometimes the government they even use it to politicize issues that are not issues, say like COVID. Yep. You see, so I just think everything is tied in one. These movies do a lot more in our societies than we actually think. What do you think when it comes to the politics of it? Or I find myself rumbling. No, you did. <laughs> I don't think I have that much to add on to the political side of what you said. Like They feed propaganda too. Yeah. I've really... seen the government make movies and you can tell like this is propaganda <laughs> trying to spread. Oh, yeah. Um, so it does have, everything has a positive and a negative side. Right. So if someone has like a conspiracy theory and they bring it out to into the movies, let's say they want to um, stigmatize a particular tribe or they want to stigmatize a part. Uh, like we had situations where they stigmatize, let's say, Africans abroad who come back. Right. It was done a lot, a lot via movies. They right? smoke, they drink. Right. Or the importance of a male child 
the movies also propagated that back in the day. So it goes both negative and positive. I think movies can impact you either way. It's not just one way. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, guys. That was good. I did. Oh, <laughs> I have a changer. <laughs> Edna's going to kill me. When I read the short thing at the start, maybe I read it a little wrong. What? So, oh my goodness. Hold on. The movie I said, Borom Street by Senegalese, the director Usman, was in 1963. It marked the beginning of African cinema. Right. But the first African, but the first um, African to make a movie was Sudan's Gadala Gubara, who made a, who made a documentary called Khartoum in 1950 about the card driver. But Usman from Senegal remains the father figure by common consent. Please, uh, my fellow the Sudanese. Sudanese and Senegalese, <laughs> please forgive me. I was like, let's go back and let's, and let's fix this. Guys, this is exactly why when you're consuming information, you need to make sure you double check. Yeah, because cause I was just looking back at it and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> But I apologize oh my to all my Senegalese, my Sudanese out there for not doing you justice. But hopefully, I fixed it. It's fine, right? Senegalese, you guys forgive us. It's fine. You're forgiven, Lini. Oh. Yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah. Right, guys, if you don't see me on the next episode, it's been She's real. She's been fired. I love <laughs> hanging out with you guys. Okay. Anyways, okay. Let's go to this fun one. So, um, the expectations... Versus the reality of movies, right? Of African movies. I have to say, guys, story time. When I was younger, myself and my younger sister, who hasn't been on the podcast for a minute, for a minute <laughs> Liris, <laughs> we always, I remember saying, oh, we don't want to get married. And Edna is like, why? why? And it's because in the movies, every time anyone got married, they would start wearing the big ashwa. The, the ashwa big, be like akaba. The, the, akaba, the big dresses, <laughs> tank scarves. Like, so I used to tell Edna, like, they so, look older. So one day I'll be dressing up, then I'll have, I thought you had to wear that. So I said, no, I don't want to get married. And Edna <laughs> was laughing and trying to explain it to us. But as a kid, I was like, no, that's what I see. I believe what I see. Exactly. So I think movies going a little bit back didn't do a good job of depicting things the way they should be or what they put across as perfect values compared to now where the movies are made like like real time more relatable and they they show a woman who gets married and puts on their covers that's fine they show a woman who gets married and still wears the jeans right. that's fine but i remember guys saying i don't want to be married i don't want to have kids because when labor starts it starts ripping out your organs at the very first that is something I've, come on my fellow people that's something i've not understood most everybody in African movie that is pregnant, be throwing up, especially Nollywood movies. No, it's not that they throw up. And the then during sign, their labor, the first sign, like nothing, like there's no, there's no other sign. They don't even do a pregnancy <laughs> test to perform. Amaka, you threw up. Bye. Who's then, the father? <laughs> and then do you know the second thing? Sleeping. They throw and it's like, Amaka, you've been sleeping a lot. It's which, like which moms always know, but we're just trying to say that there was never a point where they showed there was a test or anything. Which I get it, it was an old time where it wasn't, but I know for sure at that time in 2000, guys, tell me in 2015, there's not a pregnancy test. There is, no, there's not a doctor. I so, mean, you, you know, can buy it over the counter. So, I was just so biased every time I felt like 
throwing up, I was still going through. I was still thinking I was pregnant. <laughs> like, guys, I've been sky. I used to think that too. And then, growing up, I remember there was this movie. I can't remember the title. Lini and I watched it way when we were younger, right? And then now in adulthood, for some reason, we went on YouTube and we stumbled on the same movie. And we watched it. And this movie, in, in general, was talking about this married lady who would go out and party with her friends. She wouldn't cook in the house. She wouldn't clean. And her husband was upset because each time he comes back from work, the kids are hungry. She's not home. The maid is home and she doesn't know where her madam is, you know. And this lady would come back and went, and he would hit the lady, right, to correct her. The lady's rude. He, she's talking back at him. She will hit the lady to correct her. And then when they, when they summon the council of elders, because, in, you know, we, you always have ex, uh, family members that you respect so much that will come to counsel you guys when you have issues. And these guys will come and say, he is her husband and she is supposed to do what he's saying and take his correction, which comes along with a beating, with a slaps, beating or kicks. kicking her or locking her outside. And the movie depicted it in such a way that when I was young, I thought that was okay. Like, I'm going to be real. Yeah. I thought it was okay for a man to correct a woman in that fashion. Like, oh, if you are not behaving, they're going to hit you. And then when a woman goes to their mom to complain about their husband cheating or hitting them or something, they always remind the ladies that marriage is for better, for worse. And since your husband is cheating or whatever, you should be thankful he provides for the kids and you should pray. Or when a woman... You should pray for him to change. Like, that's how the movies depicted it when I was growing. And for the longest time, I thought that's how marriage was. And I used to think, like, why would I want to get married and be praying for someone's wrongs to change? But when, if I am wrong, he just gets to beat me to correct me. You, you get what I'm saying? Well, the whole concept of a family is poor and they have two daughters. And... Yeah. My daughter's will marry one day and take me out of poverty. And then that's what the movie shows. The child didn't go to school or anything. She gets married. Now she's rich and everything. So, <laughs> in other words, it's telling us, don't work hard. Don't do anything. Because, I mean, I just need to marry a rich man. Yeah. And the father himself, you're waiting for your daughter to marry a rich man. <laughs> Why are you not rich? <laughs> There's this movie, right? You know Kem Owo. Kem Owo, the, the comedian, Ukwa. Mm-hmm. the popular or Sophia in London. Sophia in London. He, his father was some local, the late some local, may he so rest in peace. And some local was his dad and was telling him like, Okwa is lazy. He, he should go to the city so that he can work and make money so they can improve. You know what Okwa asked him? You are my dad. What did you do to break the cycle of poverty during your time? Yeah. So you want me to go break the cycle? <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was like, it was a, Comedy, it's like a comedy movie, kind of, it was comic, so it was more for the giggles, but when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you are still young as a father, why aren't you working to get your family out of poverty, you're just relying on your son to get your family out of poverty, and then now the older I get, I'm like, that is the pressure, most men, if you remember when we talk about the African man, that was like an episode earlier this season, maybe episode three or so, the African man, a lot of the men African men were complaining about the pressure of 
breaking financial yeah. stagnancy in and, their family. And it, it, the movie say a man who isn't rich can't do anything. You want to marry my daughter? No, he goes to the city, come back with four cars. Yes, now I can marry my mom. And the timeline used to make it. Somebody goes to Lagos in a year and comes back and owns a huge house with three cars or four. He starts spraying money around. How long does it? Or maybe he bought the house because if you build the house, we all know it will not be done in a year. <laughs> so sometimes the movies have this exaggerative way of presenting their facts, especially when they just want to bring out ju- sometimes i feel like they're just interested in the good versus evil and that just or get, the fact that get a, a woman just marries and you don't want to work you just sit there you know i'm a provider no the man just keeps providing even a girl who left university or, or anything and then it's just i don't know like i felt like the are the women sleeping like <laughs> like what like what's your purpose guys now you see why i wanted to be a spinster and oh there's another one i can't believe how i forgot this Please, Africans, why is it that in our movies, being walked all over, not having a voice, being, you just accept what everybody says, you just accept your fate, you don't fight back, abuse and things, is equated to being humble. I, I, I don't understand it. It's like you watch a movie, mind you, you watch a movie on, <laughs> and we are talking a little bit about the older movies, and we're talking a little bit about um, not necessarily older. These movies are like eight hours long. Not the ones on Netflix and Iroko and all of that. Those ones are properly written on Netflix. But I'm talking about these general movies. Sometimes you go on YouTube and you find them. It's like, why would you have a girl? A movie is two hours long. And for like an hour, 30 minutes, this girl is being maltreated by her mom. And this girl, mind you, is an adult. Right? Is being maltreated. And everything, and you're thinking, okay, if your mom, your stepmother keeps beating you every day, why don't you tell your dad? The movie doesn't, the movies don't advocate for these uh, people that are being abused to speak up. And then suddenly, towards the end of the movie, bam, this girl just meets this rich, handsome prince, gets married, and suddenly she's in money. And suddenly, the, her stepmother just says, I'm sorry, and she forgives her, and the movie ends. I'm like, that's not how life works. Like, I don't think life works like that. The, the movie never depicted this girl as having anger. Never depicted that her frustration, she got angry. As, like, you can tell the character is just stuck. And it's almost like you have a dormant, a main character that is just dormant for like an hour and a half. And sometimes it seeps into our society. They want you, uh, our African older aunties and uncles want you to take whatever they tell you without dispute without arguing or saying your opinion and because you do that obedience before complaint right because you obey at the end you're going to get the reward because you're going to marry a husband that is nice but sometimes i'm like you are neither preparing me for the husband either and you're neither preparing the husband for the realities of what the marriage is going to be like so the movie ends like this happy ending i'm like nah she's ill-equipped to run a family and i don't necessarily think he they grasp what happened to her and that is trauma. Like, I don't understand how the character developed and moves on into the future. But for some reason, I don't know why stupidity in the movie is like equated to being humble. That's just me. When I was young, I thought it was okay. But now when I'm older, I'm like, no, it's not. Speaking up or asking questions is not rudeness. Because if I don't ask questions, I wouldn't understand, right? And you, you wouldn't really fill in the gaps. So I think that's a reality versus that. That's just something that... The movies exaggerate. Yeah. And I feel like our next thing, we kind of covered it actually, like have our experiences now, 
versus then in regards to African movies change, I feel like they're more relatable and they're more geared towards, you know, towards education, towards exposure over, you know, like, like there's, I, like, I just feel like I watch a movie and there's no more like, hmm. Like when you watch a movie, like you just want to no see someone hit someone, people randomly fighting. Like, and it's not all about we're hungry. Like, you know, there's more yeah. to it or... And it's like the movies come with a little bit of accountability these days. You would see where there is a, a conflict is presented and you can see where the man has a fault and the female has a fault. But there were some times where the movie is either about a cheating man and he suddenly just meets this one girl and changes. I mean, and you have those movies being produced in mass numbers, <laughs> right? To the point where women start believing that, oh, it's a bad boy, but I can change him. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's just what the movie tells you. Be a nice girl, obey your parents, don't complain, and you're going to have this prince ride in and just save you and you're going to be in money and your family is saved. Like certain things, and let's not even say back in the day, a lot of voodoo, guys. Yes. That is another thing. The voodoo that was depicted in movies it got to the point where it seeped into the society. Someone will say hi to you. You don't want to say hi to them because you're scared you're going to turn into a vulture or a chicken. <laughs> like, like, it was just, the voodoo aspect was just exaggerated. That's another thing. That was just, I'm like, that's not how in real life it's not as bad as these movies made it. Do you have people that are just jealous friends and things? I'm like, yeah, but come on. Not every best friend wants to sleep with your husband. Yeah. Like the movies just made it sometimes, right? Yeah, and not every guy has been given kayamata or has been given some voodoo to fall in love with a lady. Like there are just some things that didn't make any. Yeah, there are just some things that didn't make any sense. They're just exaggerated in the movies, and yeah, I think that that pretty much sums up what we wanted to share about um, the African cinema. But there's something we had to do. Oh, yeah. There's we had something to. We, we had saved to it do. for last. But, so yeah. we have a treat for you guys. Maybe it's for us. Y'all let us know if you enjoy it as much as we, we think we're going to enjoy it and how much yes. we are going to enjoy it. Because we are. Yeah. So there are some sounds that when you hear in the in Nollywood movies, you're just going to understand what is happening there. This is one of the sounds. Set Try to change these vultures back into human beings. But it's been almost impossible. Must I please help us? It's one of the sounds. No. <laughs> people. <laughs> My people. <laughs> Did you hear what we heard? And guys, if you if you like that sound is from the billionaires club go to the billionaires club if you know yeah after you know it it was like early to it was like 2000s yeah, this movie came but, out and it seeped into i mean we were in boarding school it seeped everywhere people and, were scared and it's, i need to understand this <laughs> this man is breathless <laughs> okay guys to give context right um he so these guys are searching for money yeah and they have gone to this cult it's like a, a cult money cult and they change them into vultures for them to feed on human flesh. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to flip them back to human beings. And then they're going to have a lot of money. That's pretty much. So it's a voodoo-ish kind of thing. Think of like a Halloween something. <laughs> and now these elders of the cult are trying to change these three young men that came and turned into vultures to make money. And these men are not coming back. The voodoo is not working. The voodoo is, <laughs> the voodoo voodoo. is malfunctioning. 
The voodoo will be voodoo. <laughs> it's not voodooing. So they are most high. Who is pet Odoche? This is Clem Ohamenze, Ambuno Oma, I think. Then Pete Odoche, right? Is their grandmaster. So they are telling the Pete, like, okay, we are trying to change him. We care. And then they are sweating, guys. Yeah, they are sweating. wiping sweat, sweat off of their faces. Yeah, like if you guys see the video. <laughs> because they have been acrobacadabra the whole time. <laughs> and he's not working. And so they are trying to beg their grandmaster <laughs> to turn these vultures back, back to human beings. So that's what that is. So if you haven't watched that movie, go check it out. And just so you know, they actually didn't turn back into human beings. Actually, <laughs> they were discarded. The cord went and trashed yeah, it. Spoiler! <laughs> so go watch the movie. You're going to enjoy it. Anyways... Uh, there is another one that we want you guys to listen to. I think it's still from the Bologna's Club, but listen to this sound. You guys will know what it is. Okay. So when you listen to this sound, right, <laughs> what comes to your head? Any movie you listen to and you hear this sound? I know. Wickedness is knocking on the door. Patience Ozuko. And Mama no, G, no, it's not even. It's like this. Like it's just like you know the sound of evil. Like yeah, like when you hear that, yes. you know. And there are some actors that are stereotyped for acting. Mm. Kanayo or Kanayo is like known <laughs> for acting voodoo movies. Patience Ozoko, if she's trying to poison her daughter-in-law or son-in-law, you're gonna hear this sound. That's Mama G. Like you have a couple of them. Pet Oduche is another one when he was trying to, like someone is trying to plant voodoo or commit evil trying to sneak into somebody's room and rape them sounds like that like weird like just ominous weird sounds like ominous that's the word i was looking yeah, for just weird sounds that come so we have the very last one is it the last that you one listen um i think yeah yeah i think this is the last one Okay. Guys, that is the sound of waiting for it to happen. Yes. <laughs> if something is about to drop, right? Like someone is hiding in the bush and is waiting to ambush somebody, that is the sound. Your father is waiting to flog you after you've gone clubbing and didn't tell me. Mm. Out of the house. Mm. You're pregnant. If that is the mm. scene, yeah. If you're pregnant and you're waiting to ask you who got you pregnant, if that's what is happening in the movie, mm. this is the sound. That is acted. But anyways, we have a lot, but we're going to carry it. We don't want to make this too long. But guys, if you have sounds, you know, we send them to us. West African, so it's easier for us to get this a hold of these sounds. But if you have, from wherever you are, send us sounds, you know, just let us know. Let us know if you watch some of these movies. Mm -hmm. And guys, don't forget yet again, please, to share the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe, and um, let's grow. Okay, don't forget to give us your opinion. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Oh, and we did say we have announcements. Come on. Oh. And so, it's Labor Day weekend. So those in the US, happy Labor Day weekend. And uh, African Teapot family, we are going to be celebrating three years of podcasting. Next month. Yes, so it's coming up next month. So if you follow us on Instagram, we're going to tell you how we're preparing for that episode. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. So we're going to take you to Instagram and we'll see you then. Oh, yeah. And thank you for the suggestions you sent about what we're going to do oh, for yeah. the anniversary. We appreciate it. And, and we actually picked one. There was, yeah. a lo- there was one that was really suggested a couple of times. So we think we are going to go with that suggestion. We're going to announce that on Instagram. So keep listening. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening and make sure to join us for our next episode. Follow African Teapot on both Instagram and Facebook for daily inspiration and motivation. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, African Teapot Podcast. Thank you.